This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Dental Plus DSO podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by John Button, CEO of Collective Care Dental. John, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. It's great to be with you. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. The dental industry is really exciting right now. But before we dive into our conversation, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Happy to do that. Uh, my background is always uh, something that is, is it's a bit different than you might expect. So uh, my father was a doctor, always thought I'd be a doctor, uh, but was married young, was in college. And for a variety of reasons, it just didn't seem like it was the path to follow. So I, I left and went into an entirely different industry, had a, a career there that was terrific and ended up running a joint venture of a couple of large companies. But I, I really had no passion around it always wanted to be back in healthcare. So I left that industry uh, at the urging of some of my friends who were doctors and dentists and said, you've got all this business background. We don't have any. Why don't you set up a consulting company? So I did do that. Uh, We were the sole endorsed firm by the New Jersey Medical Society for a number of years. Uh, And we, we, uh, I spoke in, you know, that capacity to audiences of doctors and dentists. We managed offices. We advised on mergers and acquisitions and a bunch of things over a lot of years. I ultimately left that uh, at the urging of someone that I knew well to help join their practice management roll up and take it public or sell it. The importance of that to what we're doing today is it gave me an opportunity at a high level within the roll up model to see how that worked. So later on, it obviously became uh, very helpful when we decided to form this business. I would say one other thing about my background, and that is that uh, I did spend a period of time, several years, running the solutions business for IBM. The significance of that is IBM decided it did not want to sell hardware and software. It rather wanted to find solutions that kept CEOs awake at night, find people who could talk to them and come back to the company and say, how can we help interpret how we could use hardware and software to create solutions to those particular issues? And I think technology is changing in dentistry today rapidly, as it is in many industries, certainly throughout healthcare. And so it, it became relevant just in the thought process involved in, in how that applies today. So. So I did that. We started this particular business in 2015, and we've uh, Collective Care uh, has been in existence and growing since then. That's fantastic. And you know, when you look at starting the business and growing it, what has that been like to um, have a, a young business that you're blooming, especially over the past couple of years during the pandemic? Such an interesting model. When we started, uh, we brought in another fellow. And he and I have run this business. He's our chief operating officer, Scott Becker. Uh, And the first thing, obviously, we needed to do was was surround ourselves with people who knew what we didn't at a more granular level. So we were very fortunate to find a director of operations early on who had just fabulous experience and a wonderful skill set and a wonderful personality, for that matter. Uh, And then a controller who also was able to roll up his sleeves and had been in a multi-site healthcare model and and that kind of thing. So as we built this company, we've had a fairly small leadership team. And so making sure culture, I'm going to stop for a second and just emphasize that the most important 
uh, ask factor for us when we find a new growth opportunity, new practice acquisition opportunity, or partnership opportunity, if you will, is the culture. We want to build it around the patient. We want a place that people really, the staff wants to be, the dentists want to be there because we know that shows through. And if we want dentists, or excuse me, if we want patients to say, I wouldn't go anywhere else, they've got to realize that they're getting outstanding care uh, given by people who really want to be right there doing what they're doing. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point. And, you know, culture is so important to any kind of business, but especially in the healthcare industry. Have you found anything that's been particularly noticeable or worked particularly well to really make sure that the patient is at the center of things, even with everything else going on and in trying to manage the business, but, you know, really keeping that front and center, um, no matter what the discussion is? Communication, communication, communication. I think it's critically important. And I would also say back when I used to do speaking to, you know, audiences of physicians and dentists and so on, one of the things I often did was ask them to take out a piece of paper and to answer, you know, the following questions. I had a list of questions and among them were things like, who is your office manager and how, what does her family consist of? Does she have, a, is she married? Does she have children? And what are their names? What is the color of the seat cushions in your reception area? Now, these were sort of random questions and they'd, you know, laugh and they'd write something down. And then I'd say, okay, you know, don't hand in your papers. I really don't care. But the significance is that if you really engage in your office with people, if you care about who they are, and if you pay attention to the details, so that this work environment is a place that you're, you're not only are living every day, but you're interested in every day, it makes a difference. So we try to do that within our own practices, and, you know, with our patients and with our staff and so on. So I think that's, uh, from my perspective, if there's any kind of little magic bullet, that's as important as anything. Absolutely. I think that's a great point in such an interesting way to really reflect and, um, you know, think about, do I actually know what's going on and, and how much attention am I paying to those details, which are so, so important. Now, thinking about the dental industry as a whole, what are some of the top trends that you're following right now that, you know, are going to make a difference to business in the future? Another very good question, uh, Laura. I think if you look at dentistry, if you look at healthcare per se, you can't avoid the fact that technology is going to change the way we deliver it in the future. Uh, we're looking at teledentistry. We're about to embark on a pilot with regard to that. Uh, some people got involved in that during the pandemic, and I could understand what the place for it was. And with teledentistry, it, it always was a challenge, at least from my perspective, to say, how, do, how, do, how does this work to the benefit of the patients and also provide the ability for the practice to profit from it. In other words, it's not all about how much money you make, but it can't be a cost center. So how, how do you manage that? What is the model? I, I think it will become increasingly important. I think, I think things like 3D printing, 3D printing is obviously going to change some of the materials, some of the ways things are being made now and 
Uh, so we all have to keep track of that as we go on. So those are a couple of the trends that I, you know, I'm uh, I'm certainly trying to stay abreast of. Absolutely. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I'm particularly, you know, interested in thinking about the um, teledentistry aspect of, of these things. I know, as you mentioned, it can be hard to imagine exactly how that will play out and, and what you need to do to make sure that it's a, a business, makes business sense for the dental um, practice and, and anybody who's involved. Um, has it been, you know, a, a challenge from the standpoint of working with the physicians and getting them to see that, you know, this is a potential opportunity for them or, you know, are they pretty well on board with um, moving forward into at least dipping their toe into teledentistry to some degree? Right. And it has a place. I mean, everything's convenience, right? Convenience is, makes such a difference. Everybody l- likes to have things uh, be as, uh, at least disruptive, you know, they can possibly be. And there are times when teledentistry is a very effective tool in the kit. So we'll, we'll see how it goes on. We're having some interesting talks in that regard now. And I think we they, we will add that capability to our uh, enterprise as we go forward, at, at, uh, hopefully not too distant in the future. Got it. That, that's really exciting to hear. Now, I'm wondering as well, what are you most excited about for this next year? I know we've talked a little bit about the technology changes. Is there anything else on the forefront um, that really gets you uh, motivated to look ahead into the future? Uh, yes, uh, sure. Certainly uh, for us, the, the pandemic took, you know, sucked a lot of air out of the, the industry, right? Everybody was forced to shut down. Uh, bouncing back from that wasn't simple because people were we're concerned. Some people retired. We had unexpected retirements, both in hygiene and in dentistry. And, you know, we as the collective, we in this industry, it affected everyone. You saw it around, around the globe, basically. And uh, so coming back from it, the pandemic has stretched out. So even now, there's been a resurgence of people uh, getting this, you know, the new variant. And again, staff out. Uh, and, and everybody wants to be back at work, et cetera. So expanding our footprint and starting to grow a little faster again is exciting for me this coming year. You know, I'm, I'm really focused on making sure we're able to do that. Uh, we want to continue to grow in the same manner where we culture is a very important part of how we do it. But I do think that people are developing immunities and things with the vaccinations, et cetera, the things that are going on now, I expect that it will get better and we will return to some greater sense of normalcy during this 2022 year. So that's certainly one of the things. Uh, I also think that, uh, that you, as you grow, you, you have to focus on how can we deliver our services differently, perhaps better, Uh, instead of always doing the same thing we did and trying to do it better, how do you get outside the box? And I think that's the IBM influence coming back to me saying, are there good ways we can do this? And what is, what are the patients really concerned about? You know, I think things like these membership plans and things like that, obviously people have struggled financially and the economy is not back together again right now. So people are continuing to struggle, struggle. So what does that mean to us? in delivering our service and making sure people who need it have access to that care and get what they, you know, fully get what they need, not just Band-Aid, right, to handle something that really requires more than that. 
Absolutely. That makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that makes a ton of sense and, and really uh, speaks to the expansion of dental care and oral care as part of a, you know, somebody's overall health care and something that needs to be part of their lives um, going forward, despite some of the challenges, as you mentioned, I know, financially, it can be um, challenging sometimes, especially if somebody doesn't have um, dental insurance or trying to figure out how yeah. to manage that. So um, you mentioned briefly just the membership plans. Um, do you are you do you have those at your practices, and and how do you kind of approach that to be successful? We do, uh, uh, and we started to expand the use of membership plans simply because we felt it it made sense. So uh, and again to accommodate some. Folks, you know, Laura, I think one of the challenges that we all face right now is insurance reimbursement. At a time when practice revenues went down and people are striving, you know, costs are higher and they're real costs, right? It it slowed down the delivery time. People are waiting in their cars. There's a change of protective equipment that goes on. Everything, it, it, it resulted in real costs. Uh, escalations for practices at the very time when many insurance companies have decided to, in some cases, dramatically reduce their reimbursement rates. And, you know, this has got to change. I'm hopeful that there's some effective, uh, I won't call it negotiation, but I'll call it interaction back and forth with, with these insurance companies in the industry to kind of get this realigned. I think it's a bad time for, for those uh, the, that re, those reimbursement rates to to decline the way they seem to be in some places. Absolutely, I think that aligns 100% with a lot of what I'm hearing from people in the dental industry, but you know, in the healthcare industry at large as well. It'll just be a very interesting time in the coming year. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I we're talking a little bit about challenges with the reimbursements. Is there anything else that's making you a little bit nervous right now? Well, the pandemic, when it, it lets up, et cetera, I don't think nervous is the issue. I think we, I, I'm not really nervous about anything. I, it's more just looking at what makes sense for us. How do we grow? How do we, when, when you, there are a couple of ways of growing uh, dental practices or any healthcare practice. One is to focus around the money side of it and say, we're going to cut every cost we can. We're going to buy as inexpensively as we can in every single way. We're going to consolidate things. The other is to maintain a sense of culture and say, we want to to deliver our services effectively and efficiently. We, we want to do it in a very cost-effective manner, but that's not going to rule the day to the extent that our culture suffers as a result of it. So it's very important, and it's, it, it takes some, uh, I think, some real discipline and some, some uh, creative thinking to be able to, to strike a balance between culture and profitability. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point and um, interesting to, to think about moving forward, but also having that, that caring and attentive eye. Um, I just lastly, when you think about collective care dental, is there anything else that you're planning on for growth in the coming year? I know we talked about teledentistry a little bit. Is there anything else coming down the pipe for you? Well, we're certainly expanding our footprint. Uh, I think we'll we'll go. We're currently in Pennsylvania and in Delaware. I think we'd like to uh, our our footprint in Pennsylvania continues to expand nicely. Uh, you, you'll probably see us in at least one other state. 
fairly soon. And, uh, and so I think that is where we're focused. Let's continue to grow in a prudent manner. manner. Let's remember the patient is at, at the center of everything and all important in the model. And, uh, and let's grow accordingly and uh, see if we can maintain what we, what we believe is uh, our reputation in the marketplace of being that kind of a, an enterprise. Excellent. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really enlightening discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Wonderful. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate the opportunity, uh, and uh, Happy New Year.